When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. The first trimester is a hot mess, to say the least. When it comes to food and exercise and energy, you are not going to feel the same. And if you do, lucky you, consider yourself blessed because me and everybody else I know had a rough time. And this can be pretty humbling if you're somebody who really values being active and eating healthy because your body is going to tell you otherwise. You might wake up in the morning feeling nauseous and the only thing you can stomach are crackers or toast with butter. And you might have the best intentions to go for a walk or go to the gym, but your body is saying, we are not leaving the couch. I literally had probably 10 days where walking my dog would make me run out of breath and I would come home and have to take a nap after walking the dog like I'm some 95-year-old lady. But that's the experience of the first trimester. Nausea, food aversions, cravings, exhaustion, low motivation, desire to do much at all. And there's a reason for this. Your body is not only building a fetus, an embryo, it's building a placenta. It's creating amniotic fluid. Your organs are working overtime. Your heart rate increases. Your kidneys increase function. Your lungs are working. Your body is shape-shifting to make room for your expanding uterus. Your body is using a ton of energy, so you don't have a lot of energy to do other things. The food piece is really hard, especially for fellow health nuts, because it's the time where we want to be eating the healthiest, to feed our baby, but our body may just be saying no to anything that's got any sort of nutrition like vegetables or protein. So on today's podcast episode, I'm going to share with you guys my first trimester experience, how to manage the changes in your body and your weight that are going to inevitably happen, sometimes more so in the first trimester um, than others, uh, and then how to to manage that, especially when you may not feel motivated to exercise and eat well. I'm going to briefly touch on supplements. We talked about this in episode 148, prenatal t- nutrition, if you want more information about supplements, and ways that I managed moving and exercise, if you want some tips and ideas. But before I go into any of this, 
every woman's first trimester experience is going to look a little different. And if I could say that these symptoms that people experienced fell somewhere on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the absolute worst, throwing up every single day, dropping weight, feeling fatigued, and 1 having no symptoms at all, I was right there at that 5 level. Some days were a little better, some days were a little worse, but I had averagely bad symptoms and I still felt like crap. So I'm hoping this episode at least gives you some solidarity in how you're feeling, gives you some ideas, some tips, ways to manage health and wellness during this really unique time. But mostly, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself because it's temporary. I'm just over 15 weeks while I'm recording this. I'm feeling so much better, and I hope you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. While I still have had a couple days in the past few weeks where I just felt tired, the nausea's gone, I'm eating healthy, I'm meal prepping, I'm cooking. Some days I'm really excited to go to the gym. Other days at least I can just make it there and walk my dog without feeling like crap. So it will get better when, I don't know, but hang in there. So the first trimester was a real ego check for me because I found it to be kind of like metaphorical in that you'd not, you're not supposed to be a busy bee during your first trimester. Your body wants you to rest. It wants you to relax. It needs lots of sleep so that it can build organs and life. And your body just needs to recover from all of that hard work. So I think a lot of women who are busy, whether it's because you're a mom, a working mom, or a busy professional, or you're just somebody who's type A and likes to have a to-do list with all the things to get done, it is a real adjustment to say, hey, I can't do anything today. I can't clean my house. I cannot vacuum. I cannot meal prep. I am just going to lay on the couch. That was that was probably the hardest part for me of being okay with just being a slug sometimes. And even though you can logically think through what's going on, you're aware that your body's building life and you need to rest, it doesn't mean you don't feel kind of bad about it sometimes, especially when the people around you are carrying on like nothing like nothing is wrong because nothing is wrong with them, right? You might work in an office where you're not comfortable telling people you're pregnant. And so you just have to suffer in silence and you feel really bad when you're not getting as much done or you're not getting stuff done to the best of your ability and everyone else is. Or maybe your partner who you live with is super productive all the time, doing a lot of stuff, getting a lot of work done, and you're just laying on the couch and you feel bad almost like you should be getting up and and helping them. But when you're pregnant, you know that your body just cannot do it. There's there's never been a time where I have felt that way. There's been times where I have felt lazy, but it wasn't that I couldn't go up and do something. I was just being lazy. This was, I didn't want to be lazy. I just couldn't do it. So it's very hard to just accept that, accept that you're going to be a less productive, efficient version of yourself, and that is a-okay. And that being said, I would tell you, while you're in your first trimester, you might be on your phone more than usual. Try to avoid any productivity or, I don't know, I just see all these videos with people who do their 5 to 9 a.m. morning routines or hacks to 
be more organized in your day, how to clean your house efficiently. Do not watch or look at any of that stuff because it will make you feel even worse. If people around you are already like that, you don't want to see a bunch of strangers who are not pregnant or not in their first trimester at least tackling the world because you can't do that right now. You have to take a back seat and just chill. There was a time during maybe I was like 11 weeks and I was feeling okay, but definitely not good. And I was listening to a Huberman Lab podcast and I can't remember the topic, but of course, if you're familiar with Andrew Huberman, he's a neuroscientist that gives you a ton of tips on how to have more energy, be productive, live your best life, blah, blah, blah. There was no room in my brain to do any of the things he was suggesting, but I felt bad about it. So I just bookmarked that podcast and said, this is something I'll listen to later. I'm just going to go watch the Kardashians and that's fine. That's how it is. So don't watch productivity content. Don't watch a lot of even nutrition content. It might make you feel bad. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. The other thing that can be an ego check for some people are the inevitable changes in your body. So the first trimester is going to look different for everyone. When I'm talking to people I know and when I'm on forum groups of other women who are all due in May, like I am, some women were noticing they were gaining weight like crazy in the first trimester or they were bloating really fast. We call it a blump, a bloated bump. It's not really a baby bump. It's just bloat that kind of looks like a bump. I don't know. People were getting their blumps really early and clothes don't fit the same. That's going to happen. And this is a good opportunity for anybody who's ever struggled with body image or disordered eating to really heal. I know it's cheesy healing, but accepting that your body is changing and there is nothing you can do about it. There is nothing you're, you can do about it during pregnancy. Now, when you get out of your first trimester and you're feeling normal again, you do have control on your lifestyle and what you feed yourself you can maybe prevent, I don't know, unwanted health consequences. You can do things to make your recovery easier. But there are women who gain 80 pounds during pregnancy and lose it all. And there's women who only gain 25, 30 pounds during pregnancy and maybe don't lose it. Or you know, there's no, there's no pattern. And so when your body changes, you have to accept it. I would tell you right off the bat, buy flowy clothes. Don't try to fit into anything tight. Just put it away, especially around week eight or nine. That's when I started to feel the bloat really bad. Uh, and I'm 15 weeks and you can't tell that I'm pregnant at all. I don't have a bump. I have a blump. So I notice it. I notice my clothes are fitting tighter. And that's just a phase. I just tell myself, hey, this is just a phase. It doesn't mean anything. It means my hips are expanding to make room for a baby. My uterus is now like I, last time I checked, I think it said the size of a navel orange, but then I read that my baby's now the size of an orange. I have no idea, but I know my uterus is bigger. So my, it's going to make my midsection protrude and therefore my clothes will not fit the same. So I just ordered a big comfy oversized sweater to wear through the holidays, wear flowy tanks, tunics, People were advising on the forums that I was on to buy maternity leggings just so you have them when you need them. Because what I understand is one day you might just wake up and you might have popped or your body's just going to look different and the last thing you want is to squeeze into uncomfy jeans. 
So take care of yourself mentally, especially if you struggle with this and just have comfy, flowy clothes for this transition phase where you don't have that cute bump yet, but you're also not your normal size. What you don't want to do is try to do any kind of crazy things to lose the bloat, decrease the bump, just lean into it, accept it, it is what it is, and see this as very healing. Let's talk about food. Oh, man, this was hard. I mean, especially as a dietitian, and I'm talking to people, I'm still going to work about how to eat healthy. <laughs> I'm telling people, you know, eat protein at every meal. You know, don't eat, uh, replace your enriched grains with something fibrous. But when you're in your first trimester, your body calls the shots. It was weird. It was weird the way I didn't want foods and the way I needed other foods. So one thing that happens during your first trimester is your sense of smell gets heightened. It's like, it's insane. I could just smell the most random things. My apartment started to have a smell to it that I'd never noticed before that would make me feel nauseous. So I started to associate my apartment with nausea and then eating in my apartment with nausea. So if I was at work and I was thinking about going home to eat lunch, I would get like a wave of nausea. So that sucked. And that means certain foods, even some foods that you never had problems with eating before, are going to turn you off. For me, it was meat. Across the board, meat was a huge no. I had gone to Sprouts and I had bought pre-prepped Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, and chicken skewers. The chicken skewers were grilled. They looked so nice. The minute it touched my tongue, I wanted to throw up. It was like slimy, gross, disgusting. And I've never felt that way about these chicken skewers before. And then I've had clients who are the complete opposite. I had a client who was plant-based and when she got pregnant, all she wanted was McDonald's cheeseburgers. I hear McDonald's a lot as a craving. For me, I didn't want McDonald's. I wanted Chick-fil-A fries. I had never done this in my life. I was going through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru to get waffle fries as a snack. What kind of dietitian does that? That is not dietitian behavior. I would never go get waffle fries as a freaking snack, but I needed them. It's an experience during pregnancy I have never had before. So I couldn't do a lot of meat protein. And then certain proteins that I would cook would also turn me off. Like eggs. A lot of women were saying eggs were an easy way for them to get protein. Now they are, now I'm eating eggs like normal at 15 weeks, but scrambling eggs in my home smelled and the idea, even the thought of scrambling eggs made me feel disgusting. So protein was the biggest challenge for me. And we talked about this in the prenatal nutrition episode, but I felt really good because before I'd gotten pregnant, I ate a lot of protein and I had muscle mass. So I knew this was not a normal thing for me and I would get back into my habits easily. But for six, seven weeks, I just really, I just really didn't eat a lot of protein. I'm a big Greek yogurt girl. I love Greek yogurt, which is a great source of protein. And for a lot of first trimester girls, they're going to do just fine with Greek yogurt. For me, it was a no. Like the idea of opening up a tube of Greek yogurt or a tub of Greek yogurt and smelling it disgusted me. And I've never had that before. I've heard clients who are not pregnant tell me they don't like Greek yogurt. Blech, nope, couldn't do it. I could do cottage cheese for a while, and one day I had the biggest craving for Lay's potato chips, and I dipped them in cottage cheese, and I ate them. And that was probably one of the weirder pregnancy cravings that I had. That did the trick for me. So cottage cheese is a great source of protein. 
Other than that, I stuck to plant-based proteins across the board. I did peanut butter on Ezekiel toast a lot. Ezekiel toast has like four grams of protein. Uh, and the peanut butter has trace amounts of protein. Not enough that I'd normally recommend for a person's meal, but that's what did it for me. Beans were fine. I did chickpea pasta a few times to get some more protein. I'm sure lentils would have been okay. I never thought about eating them. Protein bars, I could do a few of those. Tofu was fine. Tofu was actually fine for me. I could see why that would maybe gross somebody else out, but it had no smell. So it was an easy thing for me to just toss into bowls of rice. I also made fruit smoothies with whey protein added in. Uh, they weren't my finest smoothies. They weren't the most balanced, nutritious smoothies, but they were cold and they did pretty well for my nausea. Foods I could not eat, uh, mostly meat. I was lucky enough where I liked vegetables, I liked fruit, I could do whole grains. Other people I've read cannot do vegetables, so don't beat yourself up if, if that's you. I have had very few people tell me they couldn't do fruit. Don't forget fruit still contains fiber, it's still hydrating, it has lots of micronutrients just like vegetables, so go crazy on fruit, buy all the fruit that you like. I also found that frozen fruit would help me when I felt nauseous. I would just suck on fruit pops, like all natural fruit pops uh, and frozen fruit to help soothe some of my nausea. Another weird symptom I had was if I ate something sugary, I would get a metallic taste in my mouth. And this probably showed up around week 10 towards the end. It was the grossest thing. I would be, I'd eat something. I made pumpkin bread, I think. And I was just laying there like smacking my mouth. I'm like, why does it taste so nasty? And it was only, I, I couldn't get rid of it. I like brushed my teeth and it was still there. I drank a bunch of water and then it went away the next day. And then a few days later, I had something else sweet and it happened again. So my brain said, sugar is going to make this metallic taste in my mouth come up. And I did a Google search and I couldn't really find anything conclusive, but other people were saying the same things. And this was lucky for me because normally when I'm not pregnant, I am going to gravitate towards sweet things as a snack or a treat for me. So I never cared about chips. I never cared about French fries. I never cared about fried food. It was the complete opposite for me with my first trimester. I wanted potato chips. I wanted fries. I wanted like cheesy, salty, everything soups. I've never been a soup girl. I was wanting a lot of soups in a bread bowl and I wanted no sugar. Chocolate was like a piece of chocolate was not satisfying or appealing to me in the least. Now that I'm out of my first trimester, I'm enjoying chocolate again and I don't have the cravings for potato chips. When I tell you I've never bought buy one, get one family size bags of potato chips in my life before at Publix, during pregnancy, I'd walk by and be like, I need those. I want those. I need them. So if you're struggling with that during your first trimester, just take solace in the fact that I felt that way too. I wanted junk food. I heard a theory that you might be craving a lot of the foods that you ate as a kid during your first trimester. And I could maybe see that. I think it's because the food that I ate as a kid was processed packaged food that was salty. That was just what we did in like the late 90s, early 2000s. But one thing that was very obvious to me was my craving for Panera soup. I grew up in St. Louis, so we used to call it St. Louis Bread Co. And we would go to Bread Co. all the time growing up, and I would get broccoli cheddar soup in a bread bowl. Now, I would not get that on the average day because it's full of saturated fat. 
there's not a lot of protein and a bread bowl is just not within what I normally eat. I went and bought sourdough rolls. I scooped them out and I bought broccoli cheddar soup and ate bread bowl from a soup from a bread bowl several times. I made a lot of chilies. I made a lot of soups. I wanted salt. So there might be some kind of nostalgic thing there. That was really the only thing besides potato chips that like I found really unusual. There were some days I couldn't stomach full meals either and I would just eat whole wheat or bonza pasta noodles with cheese and a little bit of grass-fed butter. That helped me a lot too. So when I didn't have the energy to cook, at least I was getting some fiber and protein from the chickpea noodles. The whole wheat noodles had fiber and a little bit of satiating fat from cheese and butter. Not very nutritious, but it is what it is. And that's another kind of kid meal. The only other time I remember having a craving that was a must-have was towards the beginning of my first trimester, maybe like, well, when I realized I was pregnant, so maybe like eight or nine weeks, I needed a cheese pizza one day with stuffed cheese crust. Again, hadn't eaten that in years, and you know, that's what I got one day. Now I feel back to normal. I'm not having any cravings. My appetite at 15 weeks has increased a little bit. On certain days, I notice I'm a little bit hungrier, but I don't know if that's just because I'm more active. It's nothing crazy. I can eat three meals and a snack or just three meals and I'm totally fine. So take solace if you're going through weird cravings and eating like a 10-year-old that it will get better and you won't lose your healthy habits or your healthy palate. That was in the back of my mind during my first trimester. I was worried about not wanting to eat healthy again. I was afraid that I would lose all the habits I'd spent decades building. Nope, I'm I'm totally fine. Looking through my other symptoms, the nausea. The best thing I did for nausea was eat simple meals. I would eat crackers before getting out of bed. My dog loved that. I'd eat a cracker, he'd eat a cracker. That really helped soothe my nausea, and then I would eat breakfast right away. So peanut butter toast, something simple that I could just eat really fast with a little bit of protein helped settle my stomach. It also helped settle settle my blood sugar. I would eat pretty frequently in the morning. I found that I'd have like three or four snacks um, between when I woke up to mid-afternoon, and then I'd have like a bigger dinner. That just helped with my stomach issues too. As much as possible, I would pair complex carbs with protein, Uh, but again, sometimes I couldn't do that. Sometimes I just wanted the apple and not the apple with peanut butter. Sometimes I really wanted a cheese stick, but I did not want the, you know, bag of berries that I had brought with me to work. It is what it is. I tried to do protein and complex carbs at every snack. For the most part, I, I could do that. The other thing that helped with my nausea was fruit pops or sucking on frozen fruit. Sour candy helped me, but I would feel a little bit paranoid when I would have, I bought, I bought Jolly Ranchers, which aren't super sour, but they helped. And I got a little paranoid because I don't like artificial dyes. I don't like artificial colors. And there's a lot of stuff out there about red dye 40 and how that can impact neurocognitive behavior. And then I got in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to give my kids some disadvantage if I'm consuming a lot of red dye 40? So I didn't do any of the red candy. I mean, I did a few times and then felt bad about it. So you probably shouldn't be as paranoid as I am, but the frozen fruit and fruit pops worked just as well. I also felt dehydrated a lot during my first trimester, which makes sense. 
Your body's using a lot to build a lot. My uh, boyfriend had bought me a few different water filters, one that removed fluoride, one that removed microplastics, both of which we don't want to be consuming a lot of. And with water filters, he's the expert, but it just seems like you can't win. If you're going to find a water filter that removes microplastics, it doesn't remove fluoride. And then when you find a filter that removes fluoride and microplastics, then it removes a bunch of trace minerals, which also includes electrolytes. So when I was consuming the water filter that removed trace minerals and uh, microplastics, I had to add electrolytes back into my water to help me stay hydrated. Even when I wasn't drinking from that filter, at least once a day, I would try to add some kind of electrolyte to my water because I think it helped me with the nausea and helped me with the hydration. Also, when you don't eat a lot of food, you're missing out on those trace minerals. So I just figured it was an easy way to fill the gap. It could have been a pinch of Himalayan sea salt or Nun tabs, N-U-U-N tabs. They're great. They don't have added sugar. They're just electrolytes. I did do liquid IVs a few times. They're really, really sweet and have added sugar. Not the end of the world, but I prefer the Nun tabs. So here's what not to eat no matter what during your first trimester. And I'm going to preface this by saying... Some people are really strict and crazy about things with food. I think maybe a little bit of it's overblown. For instance, if you are craving a turkey sandwich but are afraid to eat it because of deli meat, just heat it up in the microwave, heat your meat up in the microwave, you're gonna be just fine. But there are concerns about consuming cold cuts because of the risk of listeria. If you read about listeria, more people get listeria from unwashed greens, vegetables. If you go to some, you know, buffet and the iceberg lettuce has been sitting out for too long, there's a bigger risk there. I don't know why they don't talk about it. And really, listeria is very, very rare. So if you're going to consume cold cuts, make sure you get them from a reputable source that's clean, that follows food safety, you know, standards. And I always heated it up just to be on the safe side. And this is during your whole pregnancy. Um, Yeah, I accidentally kind of, I forgot. And I was at the grocery store and I picked up like a turkey and brie wrap. You're not supposed to have unpasteurized cheeses either. But here in America, most cheese is going to be pasteurized. So just double check. And I took a bite of the wrap and I was like, oh, wait, I'm pregnant. I can't eat this. So I had to go microwave this wrap and it was a whole thing. But I had rather been on the safe side than sorry side. So that's what I would say about deli meat. Just heat it up, but, you know, don't beat yourself up if, like, you need it. Like, you're out and about and you just need a Jimmy John's. It's okay. You're probably going to be okay. Same thing with sushi, raw fish. With fish, you want to be really um, considerate about what type of fish you're eating. So actually, the Dietary Guidelines for Americans wants us to have two or three servings of seafood a week. I'll talk about this in the supplement part too, but you can supplement the nutrition that you're going to get from seafood with an EPA, DHA, or omega-3 fish oil pill. So the ones you want to avoid are ones you probably don't eat that much anyway. So do not eat fish that are high in mercury. This includes big eye tuna, king mackerel, marlin, swordfish, shark, tilefish. 
I don't, I'm never eating shark and I'm never craving shark. I can give that up. You'll be fine. Um, you also want to limit white albacore tuna to six ounces max a week. I, it's easier for me just not to eat it at all. But if you love tuna, just six ounces a week at most. But food you can eat, seafood you can eat, anchovies, cod, catfish, light canned tuna, salmon, sardines, shrimp is fine, tilapia, trout, go nuts. There are a few other foods if you do a Google search that they'll tell you to avoid. And I got myself so much more paranoid than I needed to be. I went to this place here in Orlando called Jeremiah's. It's got like Italian ice and soft serve. I don't know if it was that or something else I ate, but I had digestive issues if you're picking up what I'm putting down for like four days. So I don't know if I got food poisoning or what, because I've never had an issue with soft serve. So then I'm Googling about soft serve ice cream and I'm reading about this one small town that had a soft serve ice cream place that didn't clean out their soft serve machine well and the town broke out in Listeria, which then if you read about Listeria is could lead to a miscarriage. I made myself sick with stress thinking that the soft serve ice cream was giving me Listeria. Guys, nothing happened. My ultrasound was fine. Baby was fine. There was no miscarriage. So don't Google anything. <laughs> Mostly everything is fine. There are some people who say that moderate alcohol is okay. I'm going to go on the record and say no. I would never, ever, ever recommend anybody drink any alcohol knowingly during pregnancy, not even towards the end of pregnancy. I just don't think the risk is worth the reward. I'm not even going to reference the studies that suggest that having one glass of whatever a week or day are fine because I just don't believe in that and I never would want to be the source that somebody found that information from. So alcohol is a hard no, and if you were a client of mine, it would be a hard no. Let's talk about digestive issues. I already kind of talked about that. I'm going to tell you I have been so freaking blessed other than those few days with my digestion because a lot of women experience major constipation. This could be for a few reasons. Change in diet. So if you're not eating a lot of fiber, if you're not drinking enough water or total food, a lot of women might feel nauseous or they're throwing up. They have hyperemesis. Other people are taking supplements that have a lot of iron, which is known to cause constipation. The lifesaver for me, the thing that I think has helped me not experience constipation, even when I was taking a prenatal with iron, was supplementing at night with 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate. Emphasis on the glycinate, magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams at night. It helps relax your muscles. It is a comfortable way to go to the bathroom. There are other forms of magnesium like magnesium citrate that can screw up your digestion. Do not take magnesium citrate. Take magnesium glycinate. I've had no issues with that. Also, if you experience restless leg syndrome, which I have started to experience towards the end of my first trimester and now into my second trimester, that's like the worst symptoms I have. Magnesium glycinate orally has helped my, magne uh, my restless leg syndrome. I can fall asleep just fine. Magnesium can also help with anxiety, which has been heightened for me during pregnancy. I've never had an issue with anxiety. If you had asked me before getting pregnant what my average anxiety levels were, 
I would say a 2 out of 10. Now they're like a 5 out of 10. I think magnesium helps me with that. I've read that it helps people with more severe anxiety. So if there's one extra supplement I would tell anyone to take would be magnesium glycinate. If you do suffer with constipation, buy yourself a squatty potty. I got one just in case. There are cute aesthetic ones on Amazon for less than 30 bucks that you can assemble yourself. Very easy. I'm no handyman and I did it. The risk of hemorrhoids due to constipation are high during pregnancy. So I got a preventative squatty potty. I would recommend you get one too. Let's talk about more supplements. And you know, I'm not going to go too much into this because I talked about this in the prenatal episode, but I have found the prenatal I wish I had taken on day one. It is Thorn. It is a three-a-day prenatal with the form of folate that is most easily absorbed by the body. It's like methyl 5 folate. I don't know. I said it in the other podcast. I do take it three times a day. It's not hard for me. For other people, it might be hard. Um, So then you would just want to do a one a day. I also take Thorn's prenatal DHA at night with my third prenatal. This is important. You want to make sure that your baby is getting enough DHA. You need a minimum of 200 milligrams during pregnancy. Thorns has like 400 to 500. It's amazing. I have no fish burps. So that's the combination I have been using. I'll leave a link in my show notes about the thorn if you just want to purchase them yourself. Megan has a blog on our website, orlandodietitian.com backslash blog. And she has the prenatals that she recommended in that blog. I know Nordic Naturals DHA was the one that she went to. So we also talked about that more. Episode 148. I believe I linked the website in 148. And the last thing I want to talk about is exercise. Man, I was humbled with exercise too. I was reading some women who said they did CrossFit their whole pregnancy, including their first trimester. I don't know how. I've always been pretty motivated to work out. Everyone has their days. God, I mean, even just walking my dog would sometimes wind me. I mean, wind me. I was wiped. So if you're unable to do a lot of exercise, a lot of moving around, I'm sorry. I get it. It sucks. But it's okay. I've told myself when I was able to walk that walking was enough. I also told myself when I could get to the gym that if I just sat on the machines and did the motions, just went through the motions, that was good enough too. It is not a time to set personal records. It is not a time to sweat really hard and go crazy. Just show up and do your best. And if you can't, that's okay. My doctor, my OB, said 30 minutes a day, even of walking, prenatal yoga, yoga, stretching, great, awesome. Some days I could do it, some days I just couldn't do it, and that's okay. Now that I'm in my second trimester, I'm excited to work out again on certain days, which is really nice. It's a, it, it, it reminded me that like this is actually who I am. I'm not going to lose my healthy habits. So... Don't feel bad if that's where you are now. It's temporary. Once you're in your second trimester, you'll have more energy. You'll have more motivation. You'll feel really good. So if you're in your first trimester, if you're trying to get pregnant, if you're in your second trimester, or if you are postpartum and you want to talk to a dietitian, we are running a Black Friday schedule or Black Friday special right now, which offers a percentage off our packages. 
if you want to meet with a dietitian, make sure that you're getting the right nutrition for your baby, for you, if you want to maintain healthy habits pre and postpartum, if you want to get your family involved, or if you just want a little extra support during this crazy time, we would love to work with you. Go to our website linked in the show notes, nutritionawareness.com. We are doing $25 off a jumpstart package, $50 off success package, and $100 off a new you coaching package. We never do sales. This is the only sale we do. You have until the end of November to purchase this, um, take advantage of this Black Friday sale. I will leave the Black Friday sale codes in our show notes. But if you book between now and November 31st and you forget to clip the coupon code, just tell us that you heard about the sale in the podcast and we'll make sure we apply that for you. I believe it's Jumpstart 25, Success 50, and New You 100 to get those coupons, those savings. All right, guys, we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.